News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Is co sleeping harmful to children? And at what age is the ideal age for parents to make the switch for their child to go to independent sleeping? Erica Harg Adon, a certified sleep consultant and member of the International Association of Child Sleep Consultants, joins us now to tell us some tips and tricks to make the transition as smooth as possible. Um, co sleeping, this idea, I mean, we've all, we've all done it to some extent. And Erica, largely in order to get a night's sleep ourselves, we, we bring a, a crying baby or a crying toddler into the bed so we can all go back to sleep. But then when it continues on for, for long periods of time and the child is now getting older, does that become an issue? Hi, good morning, Kira. It can become an issue and it really does depend on the individual family, whether it becomes an issue or not. Some parents will embrace and accept co-sleeping just as part of their circumstances and can be really, really happy doing it. And then in other situations, it's more an accepted element, but not everybody's getting quality sleep. And that's when it can become a problem. Okay, so supposing supposing somebody is in this position and wants to change. I mean, there are people who who like co-sleeping. And if you, I suppose if you, if you have no issue with it, then there's no issue. But But if you want to ease your child out of your bed or out of your room, what do you do? In my opinion, there's kind of some little key elements, small ones. I think parents need to be on the same page. So both parents need to agree that this is a step forward that they need to take. If you have one parent that wants to remain co-sleeping and the other wants to move on, then you're going to have a little headbutting challenge there and the consistency won't be put behind it in order to help the child move forward. You also need to look at the sleep environment. Remember that if this is long-term co-sleeping, the child knows nothing else. They don't know about sleeping in their own room. They don't know about sleeping independently. So the thought of going into their own room could bring a lot of anxiety and worry. So making it their own and getting them involved in the process of setting it up is really, really important. Is that an argument for, and I don't know if it is or isn't, but is that an argument for moving them out earlier in that case? Because if if you leave them there for too long, it actually would become traumatic because this is where they sleep. They sleep with mummy and daddy. I I can see, you know, your reasoning behind that, but not necessarily. It really does um, kind of depend on how you frame it with the child. So understanding your child's emotions, making sure that you're connected with those and having conversations that, you know, they can understand. So it kind of does depend on the age range of the child. How I might approach it with a four-year-old versus a 10-year-old would be completely different. So don't base it around big milestones either. A lot of parents will go, oh, well, you're going to school, so now you need to go into your own room. But there's already a lot of anxiety around maybe attending school. So don't tag it on to to that because that that could create a a, a lot of anxiety. You you mentioned something interesting there. You said sometimes one parent likes the co-sleeping and the other parent doesn't. Is this something that causes strain on relationships when there's, a, 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 I suppose, a child who's getting older in the bed every night of the week? It can. And again, it depends on individual families and individual circumstances. But the situation of parents not sleeping in the same bed, relationships can become strained as a result. And that would be something that I would hear from the hundreds of parents that reach out to me on a yearly basis in relation to older children where they're still co-sleeping. They maybe want to get their evening back. They want to spend a bit more time together and they want to get back into their bed together. So, Yes, very often it can cause strains on relationships and particularly where one parent wants to move on and the other doesn't necessarily want to. And I presume co-sleeping with very small babies, you have to be 
wary around that. I, 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 you know, and, and as again, I, I should point out that I've done it, but but just in terms of suffocation and, and all, you know, parents can roll on, particularly if there's alcohol involved, can roll onto a child and all sorts of things. So so with small babies, you, you've got to be quite careful about the about how you co-sleep if you're going to co-sleep, don't you? Yes, absolutely. It is something that would be encouraged to avoid with small children because the increase of SIDS is just much greater when you co-sleep for all of the things that you've just mentioned. There are some resources from the Lullaby Trust that you can look up that give advice around safe co-sleeping, but the risks are still there. They're still there even with putting together you know, more safer practices, the, the risks are still there regardless. And lastly, Erica, is there anything to be said for, for giving the child the gift of being able to fall asleep independently on their own in their own room, that that makes them independent and, and, and kind of empowers them? Again, it's down to individual circumstances. But yes, it can empower, it can create that bit more independence as they go on into their little lives. I'm at the stage where I'm beyond the the small children. I have a six and 11 and a 13-year-old. And I can see in my 11 and my 13-year-old, they want the independence from us. They want to be able to do their own thing. Do you know? So there there is arguments for both sides, Kira, absolutely. But... I, I like the independent okay. sleeping. That's what's in my own home and that's what works for me as an individual. Look, thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Erica Hargadon. Uh, let us know if you have any tips, particularly if you are somebody who maybe did have, you know, a child who, who didn't necessarily want to, to leave the room, the parents' room, and you wanted them to. Uh, I, I'm sure parents this morning listening would like some advice and some tips on this if you have some, some good stuff out there. 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. Okay, it is 7.41 on News Talk Breakfast with Kira and Shane. Time for us to take a look at some of the stories in the papers online as well that are hitting the headlines this morning. Several of the papers, including the Star, report on the death of Robert O'Connor in Mountjoy Prison. The 34-year-old was apparently lured from a cell to another landing where up to three people carried out the fatal attack. O'Connor has been moved within the jail for his own safety in the days prior to the murder. Uh, it has also emerged he was attacked two days before his killing. Gardy are continuing their investigation. Early All-Ireland finals are hitting replica county jersey sales, according to kit suppliers O'Neill's. Co-owner Paul Towell told the Irish Independent that the new July dates are not good for business. He highlighted the short lead into the semi-finals and finals as being difficult to produce jerseys and said there was very little time for hype to build up before the big matches. He said, we estimate the fall-off in replica sales will be between 12 and 15% this year. Yet another reason to move the All-Ireland back a little bit further into the summer. Uh, The Guardian report on how the restoration of pig organs raises hopes for transplants. This major scientific breakthrough comes from Yale in the States. Scientists there have managed to restore function and vital organs one hour after the pig's heart stopped beating. The finding has been described as truly remarkable and if replicated in humans it would allow for thousands more organs to be available, made available for transplant. It is even posited that it could lead to people being brought back to life hours after death. What do you make of that, Dr. Kira? I think that's a fascinating, fascinating study. Although, even if you could get the heart to rebeat an hour after death, which according to this, perhaps you could. If your brain is deprived of oxygen, the chances of you coming back as you were would be very limited. And that would be the yeah. the sad bit about all of that. But I, I can see why this is a huge breakthrough, though, and I'm sure very important. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.